Are you looking for a great tasting, healthy breakfast cereal? Developed by naturopath and nutritionist and my good mate, Damien Christoph, Forage Cereal is 100% gluten and oat-free, with no processed sugar, preservatives or additives, made with only the highest quality ingredients, and with a range of paleo, vegan and FODMAP-friendly muesli blends, Forage Cereal is bound to make breakfast your favourite meal of the day, if it wasn't already. Well, for a limited time, only for the Wellness Couch listeners, you get 20% off all online purchases over $50. That's right, 20% off off all online purchases over $50. Visit foragecereal.com and enter the code COUCH at the checkout and save. That's www.foragecereal.com and the code COUCH, C-O-U-C-H, at the checkout to save. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. I'm Brett Hill. I'm Damien Kristoff. And you might notice Damien might be on a little bit of delay today. He's currently in Sydney. Oh, is there a delay? He's on the Manly <laughs> Ferry tra- travelling across the harbour. So uh, we'll bear with it. But he's, he's doing all right. The, the announcer has stopped talking over the top of him. So we're, we're good so far. And it's good that we're good because we've got a great interview coming up today. We've got Kimmy Smith, who is an ex-pro netballer, played for the New South Wales Swifts, who then had two girls and noticed the inev- inevitable way that her body changes when she had kids. Um, she noticed the pressure that was put on mums in terms of their bodies um, to bounce back instead of embracing their new incredible bodies um, and wanted to help women learn to love and embrace their postnatal bodies. So she's now born a project called the Fit Mum Project. She's a qualified yoga teacher, a personal trainer, and we're pleased to have her on the show. Welcome to the show, Kimmy. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me and thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's a great topic. I think it's such an important topic. You know, there are so many mums who struggle with this. I mean, in my practice at the moment, we've had so many pregnant mums and so many new babies just being born. It's wonderful. Uh, but you do see these pressures there from the mums and they're worried about their bodies and the changes. Um, but as you said, it is an amazing thing. So tell us a little about your journey, Kimmy. Obviously, you were a very fit person um, playing professional netball. Um, tell us about your pregnancies and how your body changed over that period. Yeah, so I was um, uber fit and I sort of, I really prided myself on that. I worked very hard to get that way. I don't think I was always that way. But um, one of my coaches said to me, if you're not fit, you're never going to get noticed. So I trained my um, butt off, so to speak, and I really um, created this fitness platform for myself, which I then launched into a fitness business. Um, So fit and strong and healthy was how I identified myself. And then throughout pregnancy, you obviously are growing a whole human, so you can't um, be selfish in the way that you move your body. So, But you have that justification, I think. I think I, I thought at the time, it's okay, I'm going to go slow here and then when I've had the baby, I'll just get back into everything and I'll be fitter than ever and, you know, I'll be a super mum. But it just doesn't always work out that way. Your body just contrary to what a lot of um, the stuff you read your body just doesn't bounce back and I don't think it's designed to bounce back I think having children is an incredible um, thing to be able to experience and to expect that our bodies could just go back to how they were when the rest of our life 
um, emotionally, physically, everything has changed is maybe a little bit unrealistic or naive. So, um, but no one really tells us that. So we all have this pressure to go back to how we were and expect to look how we were and act and behave how we did. And um, it, I often see a lot of mums are unhappy because they can't do that. Um, and, that, yeah, so that's sort of my journey, I guess, um, into creating the Fit Mummy Project and wanting to help women to embrace um, their body and stand, find their own strength, so find their confidence and strength as a mum and as a woman. Kimmy, it's uh, as you're talking, I'm picturing all the women out there who've had babies or are having babies and uh, and trying so hard to get their 16 year old body back. It's uh, it's a very di- it's obviously very very difficult to, to do that and you know virtually impossible. But you do see celebrities out there. I mean, Beck Chard, Elle McPherson, they're out there. They're posting up about their skinny bodies back in their size six clothes and all that sort of thing. And it, it does set up an unrealistic expectation that that is what pos- is what is possible. You know. I don't know where to start with it. I don't know where to actually, you know, help women understand that their body is now evolving. It's going into a new space. From a headspace perspective, what sets this up? Is this something set up from an early teenage years or is this something that happens because you're reading the wrong magazines? Where does it all get set up from? Uh, the foundation of this is, I think, so multifaceted. It's society. It's a lot of internal pressure um, because we identify, I think, as well, um, when we're in our early 20s or even early 30s, we're often in achievement mode. So we're achieving a lot of things and life sort of, we're ticking things off. So we have, and looking really good and looking fit is a huge part of that achievement mode. So I think we often sort of identify looking good um, with success. Um, And then obviously we just get it rammed down our throats as well. But I think there's an important distinction to make is that it doesn't mean you can't still look good. You can look great. Um, I see so many mums who look amazing, but it's just that you embrace your new body and try and make that body feel really good and feel healthy and and not try and be who you were because that is the unrealistic pressure or, or worse, trying to be someone else because those those people you mentioned like Beck Jard and Elmick Ferson, they have amazing genes. They're, they are probably going to be able to maintain what looked like their pre-baby shape and their post-baby shape will be quite close together. Um, and, yeah, they probably work quite hard as well and um you know eat really well and all of that stuff but genetics will play a big part in that as well so yeah yeah and i like the fact kimberly that's called the fit mummy project you know it's not the skinny money for mummy project it's not the good looking mummy project you know it's a, it's about function it's about getting fit and I guess you know not necessarily with mums you're not talking about necessarily getting fit to run a marathon or to play professional netball but just fit for life you know I think what we're talking about with mums is wanting to help them you know love themselves and love their bodies you know to stay healthy and in shape um, but not feeling the pressure of needing to look a certain way or be able to perform athletically the way they did before their baby you know it's a as you said it's a new role and it's about being fit enough to be able to perform that new role in a really good way. Yeah, being a mum is super physical. You need a lot of energy to be a mum. And I see fitness as the doorway through to so much more. So I guess fitness um, and strength, when I'm talking about fitness, I'm not just talking about physical fitness but also that 
you know, emotional strength and resilience and confidence that comes when you do have a physical level of fitness um, is the doorway then to taking care of yourself and then starting to ask yourself, what makes me feel good? Like, what can I keep doing that makes me feel good? And what on the other hand, doesn't make me feel good that I should really stop doing. So um, for me, after I had children, fitness changed from being something really high impact, very, you know, running boot camp kind of exercises to just for me personally, I do a lot more yoga, Pilates um, and at-home workouts that are really short, but I find them really effective. And that feels really good in my body, which then in turn translates into me feeling more confident in myself and just more empowered. So I see fitness as the doorway to so much more. Uh, Kimmy, I was just checking out your Instagram page, to be honest with you, and uh, <laughs> there's, there's some great photos on there, and you do look really fit and look really happy. Do you think that it's uh, it's a process? Do you think that, I mean, obviously there's sleepless nights, there's breastfeeding, there's dirty nappies, there's snotty noses, there's vomiting. There's all of those sorts of things, of course. You know, as I say this, I know the mums are going, oh, yeah, of course there is demo, but, you know, you don't need to tell us all this sort of stuff. Building all of that into you know, an expectation of becoming fit again, is there kind of a time frame that's kind of best to be trying to get your, your fit body back or your fit self back? Is it are you looking at the first six months after the pregnancy or the you know, or are you looking at within the first twelve months, or can this be done at any time? It can be done at any time. Um, there is some studies that show that earlier that you start to work on your pelvic floor and core, the more um, gain you'll be able to get. So the more you'll be able to strengthen those internal muscles um, faster because they're more adaptable. Um, you still have the post-pregnancy hormones floating around your body, which will help your body to adapt. Um, so especially pelvic floor and core, I always recommend that mums get onto them as soon as possible and to go and see a women's health physio who will help them with them. But if you take the word back out of the equation and just focus forward, it just becomes a matter of doing what makes you feel good and makes you feel healthy and strong and energised and happier as a mum. And I think for me, why would I put that off, <laughs> you know? But if, if you feel this huge pressure, um, then maybe that's not making you feel good. So perhaps what you do need is just to focus on yourself and your baby um, and just doing other simple things like going for a walk or just clearing your head by getting out in the fresh air, um, whatever makes you feel good. But I don't, I wouldn't put a time frame on it because I think um, that gives the perception that we should just wait and sit back. And I think um, taking steps towards a healthier you shouldn't be something we ever put off. So it's just finding the things that actually do work for you and then putting them into practice so they become daily habits. Yeah, and I guess the challenge as many mums will have, Kimberly, is, is around, you know, obviously sleeplessness, you know, uh, changes in your schedule, you know, the, so much less time freely available to you once you have kids compared to before kids. So, you know, finding a way to fit this into your routine and, and I guess trying to do it in a way that allows you still to have enough energy for your kids and, and to be mentally, you know, still be able to be there for your kids. I guess it's that balance that I think mums can sometimes struggle with. And I guess what you're saying is that whilst that is challenging and whilst that can be really hard, there are also benefits in terms of your energy and your sleep and your mental side when you are able to get some of that movement in as well. 
Yeah, for sure. So after I had my first daughter, Allegra, um, and this is why I think I've kind of got the clarity around this that I have now. I used to train the way I always train, which was get up at 5 a.m. and do an hour of really hard exercise. And I was just exhausted for the rest of the day. I had nothing to give her. I trained really well. I felt really fit. I looked really strong, but I was just exhausted. And that constant exhaustion with a lack of sleep just cripples you. So when I created the Fit Mummy Project, one of my key I guess mottos or mantras was energize, not exhaust. So you want to find movement that is going to energize you, not exhaust you. And for me, that means a lot shorter. So 10 to 15 minutes um, exercise that's more focused on really strengthening and energizing you. So um, a bit of strength work. Um, I love yoga. So yeah, finding exercise and 10 10 to 15 minutes is 1% of your day. So I think that all mums can find 1% of their day. Um, I'm bringing out an app soon actually to have um, probably about 40 workouts that are all 10 to 15 minutes long that mums can do at home when the baby's asleep, um, even when the baby's awake by their side. Um, You can do them with toddlers. It'll just try and make finding that 10 to 15 minutes a lot easier for mums hopefully. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I think there'll be heaps of people wanting to get out of that. Now, there, I mean, it's just not just women that go through changes when a baby's born. Um, a lot of men, for some reason, seem to uh, fall by the wayside and uh, and find themselves struggling to fall back into a routine, whether it be, you know, getting back to their crossfit or getting back to playing tennis or getting back to, you know, cycling or whatever it is. Of course, men could do these exercises with the mums, of course, couldn't they? And, of course, there are men now staying at home looking after the babies. Um, So this isn't just exclusive for women. Guys could do this too, right? Yeah, exactly. I think um, everyone, I think, sometimes overestimates how much time they need to exercise. I see real value in having something that you're passionate about. Um, the workouts I do, a lot of them are tailored towards the postnatal body, so might be a bit more gentler than what some men are used to. But in terms of the actual time and workout, you just can match it to the level of intensity. So increasing the weight, um, there's always variations. But, yeah, dads often struggle um, to find their routine and they're sometimes caught in limbo because especially in those early days, a lot of the um, care of the baby just naturally comes to the mother, especially when she's breastfeeding. Um, Dads can find it hard so that they're supporting all the time and they don't want to take out time to do something that seems like it's selfish. But actually for both people in the relationship, um, finding time to take care of yourself is one of the best things you can do for your family. So I think it's really valuable. And your relationship, yes, yes. The relationship um, definitely goes under a lot of stress and strain when you have a newborn. I know that for ourselves, um, my husband and I, you know, just adding that baby, that extra stress, that sleep deprivation into the mix, trying to, I guess, justify who's who's got it harder, who's working harder, um, finding um, your new way of living amongst that dynamic is can be stressful so having something that makes you both feel good and if you could do that together then that is awesome 
But seriously, Damo, like, Jacko is a teenager now. He's practically an adult. I reckon there's no excuse for me. It's time. This post-pregnancy thing is just taking a long time. Is that the time frame you were asking for? I was hoping you'd say something between the one and 20 years. Kimmy, you've spoken about, you know, activating your core. You've spoken about the importance of getting your pelvic floor back and how these exercises with a postnatal body need to be a little bit different so can you give us an idea of the sort of stuff mums might be wanting to get into whether as you said you know whether it's a week after birth whether it's months after birth you know but as they start thinking about getting back into the fitness what sort of stuff do you like to get them started with um i always start off with pelvic floor and core so i like to focus on building strength from the inside out so focusing on pelvic floor and core and i always add in quite functional movements because even though you don't want to be starting, I guess, a full-on exercise program really early, you're still lifting the baby in and out of the car. You're still walking upstairs. You're often carrying a baby, a baby bag, shopping, whatever. Um, it is quite a physical job. So it is good to practice those movements when you are more in control of them. So then you're more aware of your body and you can protect your body because, as I said, when we have a lot of relaxant still in our system, it's very easy to get injured. I see a lot of mums um, get injured and also certain muscles aren't working, so your glutes might not have switched back on. So just doing those functional movements, I guess, really early on is important. And then I start to add in strength. So, so for the adding- mums listening, Kimberly, give us an idea. What are some of the pelvic floor exercises? What, what actual exercises could they start doing in terms of the, the stability and then also the strength? The best thing you can do with pelvic floor is go and see someone, um, a women's health physio, your obstetrician or gynecologist, because the pelvic floor, um, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head, but it's like if for everyone who reads how to do a pelvic floor exercise or listens to it, 7 out of 10 will do it wrong and even I think about half of that will actually be bearing down and making their pelvic floor weaker. So um, the best thing you can do for your health um, and your strength is to go and see someone straight away Um, and they should give you a mix of exercises that you want to be doing so longer holds for um, pelvic floor is just like any other muscle it's just like your biceps you want to try and train it for endurance power so power when you sneeze (laughs) or cough or laugh um, that it has the capability to hold um, hold on Um, and also speed so certain fast things like so that when you're running it can switch on and off repeatedly or or move between levels but um it's it's quite a hard i guess muscle to exercise properly without having that felt sense of what a proper contraction really feels like so that's why i say it's always really valuable to go and see someone to help you all right so that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Obviously, the pelvic floor is important, but there's other things. You know, often women have separation of the abdominal muscles um, that could be one, two, three, or four centimeters. And quite often, it's not operated on these days. I've got a friend who's um, abs separated by nearly four centimeters, and she was encouraged to not exercise. Oh, sorry, to not um, have the surgery, but to go back and do exercise. In that perspective, where there's been separation of the abs, do you go through specific exercises for that to assist the women, um, or is that again something that maybe they should get some professional help with? Um, yes to both. Um, it's always great, I think, when you see a physio to get them to check your stomach separation so you have an idea. 
and just to feel a lot of physios do an ultrasound now so you can actually feel the engagement of your transverse abdominis which um, most women are so used to like doing sit-ups and really working their six-pack that it's harder to feel that more um, gentle feeling of contracting your transverse abdominis which is what helps to heal a stomach separation and then in my guides and also in the app I go through a program to help mums to heal their stomach separation which you definitely can do and that's one of the things that earlier the better yeah you can definitely do it without surgery and um, there was one other thing. So just with the stomach separation, there's a lot of exercises that you used to do before baby that are really not good for healing stomach separation. So sit-ups, anything that's crunching, anything that causes your belly to pop. So these sit-ups, um, too, much, too much load. So weighted leg lifts or anything like that can actually make your stomach separation worse even though a lot of mums think they're doing the right thing. Um, so that's why it's also always good to have a program or something to follow where you can be confident you're doing the right thing. And Kimberly, obviously making sure the underlying structure and neurology is really important as well. So, you know, Damien and I obviously both being chiropractors, we see lots of mums, pregnancy, post-pregnancy and that sort of thing. And, and we find making sure, you know, making sure everything's aligned the way that's supposed to be, making sure the nervous supply is the way it's supposed to be means that those muscles actually can switch on when they're supposed to and switch off when they're supposed to. And, and we find that's a really important part of it as well. Have you found that with your mums? Yes, definitely. And and also with myself, I know my pelvis was quite out from birth. Um, it was quite twisted and it meant I couldn't engage my glutes, which then meant I couldn't, I could, my hips were, uh, my hip flexors were over-engaging. So um, I was in a whole heap of pain and I couldn't engage my pelvic floor properly. So once I had that sort of adjustment made, um, I found it a lot easier. So, yeah, it does. I mean, that's why I say birth is a quite a big process um, and not something just to be glanced over and think that we're just going to go back to normal. It is worth really investing in yourself after birth and seeing professionals like yourselves. Um, and I'm, I'm sure um, you've spoken about before, but you guys can also help with the baby, um, you know. So there's there's so much benefit in in going to see professionals. Absolutely, yeah. Good, great, great points, Bretto and Kimmy. That's uh, that's great. Just uh, I was just thinking there. Uh, these are the. There's often excuses as to the reasons why mums um, and dads don't do exercise. Um, often it is down to time, but and you did mention it's one percent of your day. Uh, and, and, you know, often, you know, you, you'd be doing washing, you'd be doing nappies, you could be folding clothes, you could be washing dishes or getting meals ready or sterilising bottles or whatever you're going to do. I mean, realistically, 1% shouldn't be difficult to find. But what are the sorts of excuses that you've heard before? Because someone's going to be thinking, oh, well, I've got this excuse and I bet no one else has had that excuse. What are the sorts of excuses you've heard from people that have stopped them from finding that 1% in a day? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so many excuses. Look, all of the ones you mentioned, I mean, mums who have twins, just that is just a whole different ball game. Um, there's mums who are working full time, who have their own small business that they can't take any break from. Um, there's mums whose partners are, um, I, sh I shouldn't just say male partners as well, but, yeah, who partners are fly in, fly out. So there's there's a whole range of different excuses. But I think when you value, if you just take a moment to step back and look at what is important to you and hopefully your health and your emotional and, and physical well-being are important to you, um, when you realise what's important to you and you actually 
put some value towards them, you will find a way to prioritize them. And it doesn't have to be the way I'm saying. It can be whatever way makes you feel good. Um, and the washing will always be there. <laughs> you will never get through that. So it can wait because it's not going anywhere. And I did five loads the other Very day cool. and the next day I had, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, it was back again. So, yeah, that can the washing can always wait. Yeah, it does that. It does that. Um, now, Kimmy, you've spoken a bit, a fair bit about the exercise, but you've also got a nourish guide as in your Fit Mummy project as well. Could you give us an idea of what sort of stuff you like to recommend for mums as they're, you know, coming recovering from uh, birth and getting back into exercise as well? Yeah. So um, to nourish your body. So being a mum take demands a lot. There's a lot of outward energy. So especially if you are breastfeeding, um, your body is repairing itself. So that takes a lot of energy. There's the emotional adjustments to having a child. There's the sleep deprivation. Um, and then if you're producing breast milk as well, there's a lot of energy flowing out. So I really try and get mums to focus on nourishing their body with whole foods. Um, so just lots of beautiful fruit and vegetables, a lot of good fats, protein for muscle repair um, and good quality carbohydrates. So I'm not reinventing the wheel at all here with this, but I'm just trying to put them together into meals that are really simple to make. Um, the, I call some of them like the one-handed meals, so the ones you can eat with one hand because often I, I was carrying a baby or trying to make make dinner holding a baby. Um, and just making them really accessible and easy for mums and taking the word diet or any pressure around diet out of the equation because um, especially in those early days, I found that um, the more I thought about losing the weight, um, the more I, I felt stressed and overwhelmed with that obligation and there's just too much going on in those early days as well to even think about that. It, it will just happen naturally and for me, my body was not ready to lose any weight at the start so um there was no point even really trying because i needed that to do everything i was doing as a mum such a good point you make kimberly that i think mums often forget once they've they've got their baby you know they want their body just to go back to the way it was uh pre-birth but but it is a very different situation you know particularly if you're breastfeeding then then you are now the vessel that is providing nourishment not just for yourself but for another human being as well and and it's really important to understand that that, that your body changes as a result of that you know it's natural for your body to carry a little bit more fat because that fat is very important and nourishing for a baby you know it's a the, the first thing that's developing in your baby is that brain and nervous system, which is the majority of which is fat. And so, you know, not being shy of having those quality fats in your diet, but also not expecting your body to go back to as lean as it was pre-birth, I think is really important for women to understand. Yeah, it is really important. It's still hard. I mean, especially in our society where we don't, um, I guess, really – worship um the curvier woman or we are moving towards that way but it is hard to look at your body especially after you've had a baby and it's it's really you know it is floppy and frumpy there was a, a baby growing in that belly and now there's not there's just a soft skin so i'm not taking away that it is hard but it's also an, a really good opportunity to see that you are more than just your body that you are feeding and nourishing a, a baby that you've 
growing inside of you um, and to see that your worth and your value is more than just your body um, it's a really good opportunity to really dive into that because when you're in the midst of it in the struggle there is no better time than to really start to appreciate yourself um, and I also just recommend like simple things buy clothes that look flattering on you you know just try not to um, just slink back into your old skinny deeds buy some buy some stuff or or just change your wardrobe a little bit so that you don't have that constant visual um, reminder of the way that you used to be and the way you are now um, and then really try to start looking to future so your future self and working on that person yeah that's oh, nice there's definitely a whole lot of psychology there I think one of the other things in terms of all of that too Kimmy which you raised a really good point was said you know proteins vegetables fats good carbohydrate good quality carbohydrate I think it's really important for women to remember that you don't have to go on any kind of low carb high fat eating program to quickly strip the fat off you know it's there for a reason you've got to nourish your baby you've got to nourish your body and prepare you know prepare it for um, a bit of repair time it's it's now grown a baby it's now got to repair itself so love it a bit nurture it a little bit you know both mentally and physically so great points there I love it thank you thanks well, thanks for coming on board today, Camille. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you. Um, I'm sure people are going to want to find out much more about you, um, in which case they can obviously go to your website, kimmysmithfit.com. Um, they can check you out on Instagram, as Damien did, double, you know, multitasking as always, checking out Instagram while he's recording a podcast, <laughs> which is uh, at kimmysmithfit. Um, they can find your guides, the Fit Mummy Project Exercise Guide and the Fit Mummy Project Nourish Guide on your website. And obviously... Uh, Sign up, I guess, for your newsletter. They'll be able to find out more about your app, which is coming out soon, and I'm sure you'll share that all on social media as well. So thank you so much for coming on board, Kimmy. It's been an absolute pleasure and such an important conversation to have, I feel. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I um, yeah, love chatting to you guys and I love listening to your podcast. They're always so inspiring. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and thanks to all the listeners. Thank you. <laughs> and funny. Don't forget funny. And funny and yeah. handsome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's more like <laughs> it. All right, perfect. So thank you, for, thanks for coming on. We'll have you back now that you've said all those nice things. That was fantastic. So for everyone else, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave a five-star rating and give us a comment. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.